This is Dr. Benny Tate, and I would like to thank you for tuning in to this week's message at Rock Springs Church. Wherever you are, I hope this message encourages you and helps you grow in your walk with God. Here's this week's message from Rock Springs Church. The words of Nehemiah, the son of Hakaliah, and it came to pass in the month of Chislu in the 20th year that I was in Shushan, the palace. And Hanani, Nehemiah said, Hanani, that's, that's one of his earthly, fleshly brothers, came, he and certain men of Judah, and I asked them concerning the Jews that had escaped, which were left of the captivity, and concerning Jerusalem. Leave it right there just a minute, guys. Go back. Nehemiah said, I, my brother Hanani had been to Jerusalem. And I just asked him, Hanani, how are things in Jerusalem? And this is what he said. And they said unto me, the remnant that are left of the captivity there in the province, they're in great affliction and reproach. The wall of Jerusalem is burned down. I mean, it's broken down. And the gates are burned with fire. And it came to pass, he said, when I heard these words, I just sat down and wept. And I mourned certain days. And I fasted. And I prayed to the God of heaven. Let us do that. Let us pray to the God of heaven. Jesus would you speak to us and through us? Meet the needs of your precious people. And for all you do, we want to give you glory, honor, and praise. For I pray this prayer with a grateful heart. For I pray this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I want to talk to you about God wants to use your life. God wants to use your life. Uh, years back, the USA Today took a poll, and they asked Americans, if you could ask God one question, this omniscient, omnipotent, omnipresent God, if you could ask God one question, what would be the question that you would like to ask God? And by far, the number one question that Americans said that they would ask, like to ask God is this. God, why am I on this earth? God, why am I on this earth? Well, I want to say something. You were made on purpose for a purpose. You were made on purpose for a purpose. There's, there's no accidents with God. There, there may be accidental parents, but there are not any accidental children with God. Because God has a purpose for every life. Our purpose is to know Him. God wants you to know Him. And then through your life, God wants you to make Him known. And here's what I want to say to you. No matter what's happened in your life, no matter what your past is, no matter what your situation is, I want to say unequivocally, God wants to use your life right now. Amen. 
God wants to use your life. What God will do is God will take those past experiences and he will use those experiences to help other people. God will take the habits, the hang-ups, the hurts in our lives, and he will use them to help other people if we would just allow him to. God wants to use our lives. Now, here's what I want to do. I want to give you some background to the story, and then we'll lay the foundation and we can preach. We're talking about Nehemiah, but let me explain what had happened. In 586 B.C., the Babylonians invaded Jerusalem. They annihilated Jerusalem. They destroyed Jerusalem. They, they, it was burnt with fire. It was, it was literally destroyed. The, the, the temple was destroyed. And for 140 years, it just was just that way. For 140 years, it was just in ruins. And three individuals went back as leaders to rebuild Jerusalem. Zerubbabel, Ezra, and the building of the temple, and then Nehemiah. Nehemiah, the man whose name means Yahweh has comfort. Now, there's three things that I want us to see about Nehemiah. The first thing I want you to see about Nehemiah was his position. His position. And what I mean by his position, let me explain. Nehemiah was a cupbearer. You say, well, Pastor Benny, what is a cupbearer? Here's what the cupbearer would do. Let's suppose this was wine. The king was always leery. King Artaxerxes was always leery that somebody was trying to poison him. So before he would drink the wine... He would say, Nehemiah, you're my cupbearer, so you drank the wine. So Nehemiah would drink the wine. If he didn't die, <laughs> the king said, apparently the wine's okay. And then the king would drink the wine. Nehemiah would eat the food, making sure there was no poison in it. And if Nehemiah didn't die, a little later, the king would eat the food. Let me explain. He was simply a cupbearer. Now, here's what I want you to see. See, Nehemiah was expendable. What were they saying? If he dies, it's no big deal. He's expendable. I want you to know something, folks. He was expendable to everybody but God. He was expendable to everybody but God. God said, no, he's very, very important. And I want you to know something. You are very, very important to God. You may just be a number to this world, but you're not a number to God. God knows your name. God knows your name, and God knows what you're going through, and God cares about what you're going through. The world said he's expendable. The world said he doesn't matter, but God said he matters. See, I, I, I see his position, but there's something else I want you to see. I want you to see his place. He was a cupbearer. 
He was in the palace in Persia. He worked there in the palace, drinking and making sure the wine was not poison. But God had something for him to do, folks. And he was 900 miles away in Jerusalem. You know what I believe? I believe sometimes we can always be focused on the 900 miles away. But God wants to use you right where you're at. God wants to use you right where you're at. See, sometimes we have this destination disease that there's coming a time that, 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 that I believe God's really going to use me. No, no, no. God wants to use you right where you're at. God, God wants to use you today. God wants to use you tomorrow. God wants to use you in this place. I'll tell you what. The grass is greenest wherever it's watered. The grass is greenest wherever it's watered. And if you do what you can with what you have, where you are, God won't leave you where you are, and he'll increase what you have. What I'm trying to say, folks, the, the, the world said he's expendable, but God said, no, no, he's not expendable. God used him right there where he was. There's a second thing, a third thing I want you to see, and that's the power. Now, look here. If you've got an organizational chart, he didn't make the organizational chart. I mean, he didn't. He, he didn't make the organizational chart. He probably felt like he was of no value. But I want you to understand something. In verse 4 says, he sat and he wept. And he mourned and he prayed. I want you to understand something. Prayer is the great equalizer. Prayer is the great equalizer. God does nothing but by prayer and everything with it. Prayer is the great equalizer. You can do more than pray after you've prayed. But you can't do any more than pray until you have prayed. Now, God, here's all I want to say. God wants to use you. And God wants to use you. And God wants to use you. But in order, in order for God to use our lives, I believe there are four things that have to happen. First of all, you have to confront the problem. You have to confront the problem. See, Nehemiah said to his brother Hanani, how are things back in Jerusalem? See, Nehemiah was born into captivity. So he had never been to Jerusalem, even though he was a Jew. He said, how are things back there? He said, it's not good. The people are setting ducks. There's no wall of protection. It, it, it's, it's not good. I want to make a couple of statements, but they're important statements. Number one, God will call you to a problem. God will call you to a problem. 
He always will. See, we're wanting a, many times a great situation, but it doesn't work out that way. When I, when I became the pastor of Rock Springs Church, they had, gone, they, they had gone nine months and they had no pastor. No, nobody felt led to pastor Rock Springs Church because you had 25 people in Hooterville. And the zip code was E-I-E-I-O. Nobody felt led to come. But I'll tell you what I still believe. I still believe God calls men and women to problems. He, he calls us to problems. Sometimes people will say to me, Pastor, I've noticed this problem in the church. And I'll say, I'm so glad that you've noticed it. Because if God shows you a problem, he wants you to be a part of the solution. Anytime God shows you a problem, he wants you to be a part of the solution. Amen? He, he, he really does. If you abide in me, and I abide in you, you shall bring forth much fruit. Boy, I've, I've preached all these years. All these years. and I thank God for fruit bears. These people just bear fruit. They, 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 they see a problem and they just say, no, I, I, I want to be, I, I, I be a part of the solution. But not only, folks, have I pastored fruit bears. I've pastored fruit consumers. All they want to do is consume. Their favorite songs, I should not be moved. They want to sing standing on the promises, but all they want to do is sit on the premises. They're just, they're just fruit consumers. What are you going to do for me, Pastor? What is the church going to do for me? Oh, oh, just come to the back door and I'll burp you, you big baby. Listen, what are you going to do for me? No, they're not fruit bears. They're just fruit consumers. Just take, take, take. Hey, I've been doing it so long. I, I, I've pastored fruit inspectors. They tell me everything I'm doing wrong. I preached one night and one lady said, Dr. Tate, I enjoyed your message, but you made 13 grammatical errors. I said, well, you don't understand. I had to give up 50% of my vocabulary when I got saved. <laughs> what are they? They're just fruit inspectors. Hey, I didn't mean to share all this. I've not shared none of this in the other service. But not only fruit bears, not only fruit consumers, fruit inspectors. Hey, I gotta be honest with you. I gotta be honest with you, folks. I pastored Fruit Loops. I mean, the wheels turning, but the hamster's dead. Amen.
And I've even pastored fruit flies. Now you're wondering, what is a fruit fly? I'll tell you what a fruit fly is. They show up every time there's a stink. Every time there's a stink, they've got a post. I don't know why I'm on this, but it feels good. Here's all I know. God will call you to a problem. And get this, folks, get this. I'll try to move. It's not bad, one out of 900. There will always be a problem to keep you from doing what God wants you to do. There will always be a problem. There will always be because of this, I can't. Well, God knew that when he called you to do it. Noah, I mean, Moses said in Exodus chapter 4, God, I can't do it. I stutter. I'm, I'm tongue-tied. He said, Moses, get real. I made your mouth. I don't call the equipped. I equip the called. I knew that when I, when I called you. Guy goes into a furniture store and says, I want to I wanna buy a sofa. And the salesman says, that one right there will seat three people with no problem. He said, where can I find three people with no problem? <laughs> There'll always be a problem. There'll always be a problem why you can't. But you've got to confront the problem. Let me tell you the second thing. If God's going to use you, you'll be consumed by passion. You'll be consumed by passion. Let me tell you what, a, a job may be what you get paid for, but a calling's what you were made for. It's that, it's, that, it's that that's on our heart. It's that that's on our heart that we just, we just can't get away from. And many times it will come out of our pain. We'll be like Nehemiah in verse 4. He said, when I heard it, I just sat down and wept. God, God will put a passion in your heart. God wants to use you. But you're going to have to confront that problem. Because there will always be excuses why you can't. There will always be excuses. Somebody said, I, I, God's going to use me when I get everything in order. You're never going to get everything in order. God uses people that have got feet of clay because there's no other kind. Confront the problem. Consumed by passion. But then there's a third thing I want you to see. He was consistent in prayer. He was consistent in prayer. I, I don't know if you've ever noticed this, but look what Nehemiah 1.1 says. Get this, folks. And it came to pass in the month of Chislu. Well, what is the month of Chislu? It's November, December. Now look, he knew I need to go build that wall. He knew God had laid it on his heart to go build that wall. He said, I, I, I need to go do it. But, but look what he did. He said, I heard about it around November, December. 
I sat down and I wept and I prayed. I knew I needed to talk to the king. Look what Nehemiah 2.1 says. And it came to pass in the month of Nisan, in the month of April, in the month of April, I went and talked to the king. But all I did for about five months is I just prayed about it. All I did for about five months is I just prayed about it. See, folks, get the steps. I sat and prayed. I sat and wept. I knelt and prayed. I stood and worked. Understand something. He had all kind of apprehension about going to the king. He had all kind of apprehension about going to the king. But when you kneel before the heavenly king, you can stand before any earthly king. When you kneel before the heavenly king, you can stand before any earthly king. Now, now here's all I want you to see. He prayed, and God answered his prayer. I wonder how many of us today would say, Pastor Benny, I've got something I'm praying about. Would you raise your hand? Now, look, if you didn't raise your hand, see me after the service. Because I've got a lot of things you can pray for me about. Amen. If you don't have anything to pray about, be sure and get, be sure and get with me because I've got tons. I can, I can load you down with things I need you to pray about. Now understand something. He prayed and God heard his prayer. So here's what I thought. My goodness. If he prayed and God heard his prayer, what did he do? What did he do? God responded. The first thing I want you to see, folks, that we ought to do when we pray, he celebrated the greatness of God. He celebrated the greatness of God. Look what he says in verse 5. Oh, God of heaven, you're a great and awesome God. Our God is an awesome God. And when we pray, we need to remind him and we need to remind ourselves that the God we're praying to is an awesome God that's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. We need, uh, hey, listen, folks, when we magnify the Lord, what we're going through won't seem near as big. When we exalt him and magnify him and lift him up. So he celebrated the greatness of God. Let me tell you the second thing he did. He claimed the promises of God. He claimed, look what verse 5 says. You're an awesome God who keeps covenant and steadfast with those who love him. See, folks, that's what we need to do. We need to claim the promises of God. You said, Pastor Benny, I've got a, I've got a situation in my life. And I can't walk away from it. 
You can't. You're exactly right. But you and him can. <laughs> you and him can. Because greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. <laughs> and if God be for us, who can be against us? And the Bible, somebody said, oh, pastor, but you don't understand. I, I, I've got this vice, and I, you don't understand. I can't overcome it. You know what you ought to do? You ought to get down on your knees, and you ought to open your Bible to Romans 8 and 37 that says, I'm more than a conqueror through him that loved me. I am the head and not the tail. I'm an overcomer through the blood of Jesus Christ. You claim the promise. You claim the promise. I'll tell you the third thing he did. He confessed personal sin. He confessed personal sin. Look what the Bible says. We have sinned against thee. He confessed sin in his life. The Bible says, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord would not hear me. And when we come into the presence of God and we see the Lord high and lifted up, you can't come into God's presence and be haughty. If you enter into the presence of God, it will give you the right perspective of yourself and you'll see the Lord high lifted up. And you'll say, woe is me. For I'm undone. I'm a man of unclean lips. And I dwell amongst a people of unclean lips. When we really come into the presence of God, God will bring things into our lives. He'll show us things that we need to confess to him. Here's all I want to say. God wants to use you. But you've got to confront the problem. You gotta be consumed with a passion. You gotta be consistent in prayer. But you've gotta be committed to the purpose. You gotta be committed to the purpose. I started this message out by saying, God created you on purpose for a purpose. God created you on purpose for a purpose. And what you want to do is fulfill your God-given purpose for life. You want to fulfill your God-given purpose for life. I remember years ago, I started thinking about this. I started thinking about an oak tree. And I looked at that oak tree. It had those massive limbs. And I thought about, my, how massive. But that's 60 years. That's 60 years. And then it would rain. And I'd go out in the yard. And six hours later, a mushroom would come up. But you'd take your foot and kick it over. And I said, God, I don't want to be a mushroom. I want to be an oak tree. And I can 
because an oak tree is just a nut that refused to quit. So Pastor Benny, why don't you, how'd you stay 32 years pastoring the church? Because I believe it was God's purpose for my life. But I don't believe my purpose is superior to anybody else's. I believe God's got a purpose for every life. God wants to use your life. He wants to use your life in a great way. He wants to use you to make a difference in the lives of other people. Folks, we live in a day when it's just quit, quit, quit. Quit, quit, quit. Savannah Abigail, I remember when she was in small, when she was small and she'd want to be in this athletic event or this sport. She'd play a few games and she'd say, I, I want to quit. I said, you're not quitting. You're not quitting until the end of the season. No, you signed up, you're going to finish. Well, I don't like it. I could care less. You're going to finish. You're going to finish. We're not quitters. We're not quitters. I had, I had a dad to tell me the other day, uh, uh, Johnny, Johnny don't want to come to church anymore. Johnny doesn't want to come to church. I, I didn't know it was Johnny's decision. I, I didn't know Johnny was the parent. No, no, Johnny doesn't have a decision. It's the Lord's day. We're going to the Lord's house. You're the parent. I get in trouble for the things I say. It's okay, but but let me say, I don't, there's no way. There's no way that a lot of parents ought to be letting their children talk to them the way they talk to them. You're the parent. Let's just quit, quit, quit. Quit, quit, quit. We just quit on everything. Just just quit. If it don't work, just quit. But we need to be committed to the purpose. We need to be committed to the purpose. Somebody said, when things go wrong as they sometimes will, when the road you're traveling seems all uphill, when funds are low and debts are high, when you want to smile but you have to sigh, when care is pressing you down a bit, rest if you must but don't you quit. Success is failure turned inside out. The silver tin of the clouds of doubt you never can tell how close you are. You may be near when it seems so far. So stick to the fight when your heart is hit. It's when things go wrong that we must not quit. I've dreamed many dreams that never came true. I've seen them vanish at dawn. But I've realized enough of my dreams to make me want to dream on. I've prayed many prayers when no answer came. I've waited patient and long. But answers have come to enough of my prayers to keep me praying on. I've trusted many friends who failed me, who left me to weep alone. But I've found enough friends, true blue, to keep me trusting on. I've sown many seeds that fell by the way for the birds to feed upon. But I've held enough golden sheaves in my hand to keep me sowing on. I've drained the cup of disappointment and pain. I've gone many days without a song, but I've supped enough nectar from the rose of life 
to make me want to live on. And I made up my mind, ladies and gentlemen. My family's not going to stop me. My flesh is not going to stop me. My finance is not going to stop me. My frustrations are not, not going to stop me. I've started with Jesus, and I'm going through. I'll take the way where the Lord's despised few. I've started with Jesus, and I'm going on through. Here's what I'm trying to say. I don't know who I'm talking to, but you take Jesus above everybody else. You take Jesus above everybody else because he's the only one that's going with you all the way. You take Jesus above everybody else. There's a lady in the Bible that said, I, I've been married five times. And I'm living with a man now. Jesus said, sis, whosoever drinks of that kind of water is going to thirst again. But whosoever drank of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up unto everlasting life. The, the fourth man didn't work. The fifth man didn't work. The sixth man didn't work. But oh, happy day, the seventh man worked. The seventh man worked in her life. The seventh man worked in her life. I'm telling you, you make up your mind. I'm going to take Jesus. I'm going to take the purpose of Jesus. I'm going to be committed to the purpose of Jesus for my life. And it's amazing what he'll do in your life. I want God to use me. Well, you're going to have to confront that problem. You're going to have to be consumed with that passion. You're going to be, you have to be consistent in prayer. And you're going to have to be committed to the purpose. Look, folks, I want us to stand. I want us to stand. Thank you for joining us for this week's message from Rock Springs Church. If you would like more information about Rock Springs, be sure to follow us on social media or connect with us at rockspringsonline.com. Join us right here next week for another message from Rock Springs Church.